This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig still further into St. Luke's Gospel with Boy with an Unclean Spirit. Who is the greatest? Samaritans reject Jesus, the cost of following Christ, and sending of the 72. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. The following is an encore presentation of Issues Etc. The Hymns of Epiphany, they're some of my favorite hymns. I don't know why it is. There's something about that connection between the incarnation of Christ and then Christ being revealed in his humanity to be the true God that is amazing fodder for the church's song. One of those epiphany hymns, The Only Son from Heaven, has a real Lutheran pedigree, and it is based, at least in part, on some very ancient songs of the church. We're going to be looking at the epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven, on this Monday, January the 11th. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. Pastor Will Whedon joins us. He's assistant pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois, formerly served as director of worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. He's author of the books Celebrating the Saints, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, and See My Savior's Hands, and he hosts the daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Will, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Todd. A joy to be with you. This is the Epiphany season. This is an Epiphany hymn that has some unique qualities all its own. We'll discuss those in a minute. But what's the relationship between the season of Christmas and the season of Epiphany? Why just one big, long Christmas season? And why do we kind of must keep them together, but also it helps us to distinguish them from one another? Yeah, the one flows into the other, no question. And the best way to characterize the difference, I think, is in the words of Pius Parsh. He he absolutely nailed this when he said, Christmas is the celebration that God appeared on earth as a man. Okay? So God's taking on flesh. The, the, the emphasis is on the flesh that God took on. But he says, an epiphany. There the celebration is that that man is manifested as God, as true God in the flesh by the things that happen around him and the things that he himself does. So God on earth as man, and then that man being revealed to everybody, especially to the Gentiles, as true God. So like I said, they're they're joined together, but the one does flow into the other. Is there a big biblical text that runs this hymn? Honestly, no. There's there's not one big biblical text that runs through the whole hymn. It is composed of many allusions to, to text. I will tell you if there are, it's not that there's not some text underlying it. I really think, as we're going to see as we work through it, that there are two things that are are, are underlying it. First, there is the, 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 the Christmas hymn of the Father's Love Begotten, and then there is the Te Deum Laudamus in its, its d- description of the work of Christ. And th- that might sound odd, but 
you know, it'll it'll make sense as we work our way through it why these two seem to be informing the background of the text. What do we know about the occasion and the authorship of this particular hymn? Well, this is really one of the fascinating ones. First of all, I have to give a shout out again to our uh, Lutheran service book, Hymnal Companion, which is really just an amazing collection. And in the Hymnal Companion, some of my favorite essays are by Cantor Resch. This is one of those. So, uh, you know, a great, great scholar and lover of the church's music. And, And he notes in that that, hey, this is the only hymn we have by a female hymn writer in Martin Luther's own immediate circle. Elizabeth Krusiger is her name, and her husband, Kaspar, actually was on the theological faculty alongside of Luther at Wittenberg University. And when Luther's appeal had gone out, this is actually before they, they were married, Luther had begged for some hymns by any decent poet to be put into German that would bring into the German language the great joy that we have in a lot of the the Latin or early church hymns. And Elizabeth, well, she composed the hymn that we're about to study. Now, she followed the same path as Katie Luther. So she started out as a nun. <laughs> she ended up married to a theological professor, Kaspar, and that was in 1524. And before they were married, though, that's when she actually wrote the hymn, when Luther first sort of sent out this word, I need hymns. Please give me hymns in German. I can't do this all on my own. And she tried her hand at it. What's kind of fascinating is that because she was a woman, after a time, there were people that just began to, you know, sort of diss the hymn or think it's not her. It's not. It couldn't have been written by a woman. It had to have been written by a man. Right. It's a false attribution to say it was Elizabeth Krusiger. It's not true at all. It was written by Elizabeth. And there's no doubt Luther himself actually encouraged its publication and its use. So, um, you know, it makes it hugely in Lutheran church music to the point that the great J.S. Bach, he he picks it up in Cantata 96 and Cantata 164, has preludes on it, both in the Orgelbuchlein and, he, you know, several other preludes. And, of course, it is the hymn of the day in both the one-year and the three-year series for Epiphany. So, I mean, if, if you're at a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation this coming Sunday, this should be the hymn of the day. If it's not, ask your pastor why. <laughs> oh, two questions on that. Yeah. Um, why do you think it took such quick root and stayed as a mainstay? It's really something for Bach to choose your hymn to include in one of and more of his cantatas? Well, I think because it had, it, it really seizes hold quite clearly on Luther's key insight into the gospel itself as this source of joy that God comes into the flesh to align with us against the enemies of the human race. And she seizes that and puts it forward. You're going to see it as we work our way through the text. And, and I think that that simply made it be just a joyous text. Now, it has a solemn tune, but the solemn tune is still a very joyous tune, despite, I mean, when we tend to hear a minor mode, we tend to immediately think of something sad. I mean, that that's just silly. This is not sad, it's solemn, and it is solemn joy, and it's really a great, 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 great text. We should add about 
the, the tune. We don't know who actually composed the tune. I suppose it's a possibility that, uh, you know, it arose from uh, one of the people in that little intimate circle there at Wittenberg. But it, it has what's generally described as characteristics of folk songs. It, you know, has some of the repetition. And above all, it's just easy. It's easy to learn, easy to sing. And so it carries the words in a very memorable manner. And then why was it so important for Luther at the time that there be hymns? Why was he calling for hymns? Well, he wanted the word of God to be stuck down into people's hearts and heads. And the best way to do that is to carry it with music. Everybody knows that, right? I mean, my, my standard example is I can go back to that stupid jingle from when we were kids, Todd. Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders, don't upset. How come I remember that? Well, it's rhymed and it's set to music. And, and therefore, it just imprints itself into our minds. Well, Luther's like, well, that's not just for jingles, for selling crap. That's, that's for actually putting the word of God down inside people's heads. Heads and hearts. And that's what he was really trying to do with the hymns. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. We're studying the Epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. He's host of a daily 15 minute verse by verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. When we come back, the first stanza The Only Son from Heaven, foretold by ancient seers, by God the Father given in human form appears. No sphere his light confining, no star so brightly shining as he, our morning star. We'll be right back. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for January would make a great gift for your pastor. It's the new Concordia Commentary on John, chapter 7, verse 2, to chapter 12, verse 50. This latest Concordia Commentary is written by Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. Bill Weinrich. Learn more about our January Book of the Month at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. The new Concordia Commentary on John 7, 2 to 1250. Our Christian faith is under constant attack, and we must be proactive in keeping our children in the church. At Faith Lutheran School in Plano, Texas, we believe that an education rooted in God's Word is one that stands against the very gates of hell. Nothing in this world is more important. Offering a rigorous classical Lutheran education, we provide in-person and live online remote learning opportunities for preschool through grade 12. To learn more, visit flsplano.org, flsplano.org. Have you ever wished you could see Ad Crucem's products before buying them? Well, you can. Come visit us at our workshop in Littleton, Colorado, and watch how we make our Christmas ornaments and print our icons. Check out the quality and fabric of our church banners, or choose some greeting cards, posters, or jewelry. Of course, if you can't make it to Colorado, we're always open online. For details and directions, visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. Grace, Faith, Scripture, and Christ Alone. You're listening to Issues Etc. For your next family vacation, consider Our Beach House, a charming three-bedroom vacation rental on beautiful Siesta Key. Just off Sarasota, Florida, Siesta Key Beach, consistently voted America's best, is just 100 steps away. 
Whether you're watching the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico or frolicking in the warm surf, you and your family will fall in love with Siesta Key. Check us out at SiestaKeyRentalGenie.com or call Virginia at 941-266-1858. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and laypeople worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy publishes Logia the Confessional Lutheran Dogmatic Series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up to receive their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. lutheracademy.com and like them on Facebook. Facebook.com slash lutheracademy. The Word of God, Daily Worship, Lutheran Hymnody and Catechesis, Instruction in Phonics, Traditional Math, Literature, Grammar, History, Latin and Strings. It's all part of our daily life here at St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois. St. Paul is seeking teaching candidates for the 2023-24 school year. Learn more at school at stpaulhamel.org. Consider joining the faithful faculty at the only classical Lutheran school in Greater St. Louis. School at stpaulhamel.org. The only Son from heaven Stanza one of the Epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. We're studying this hymn with Pastor Will Whedon. Pastor Whedon, what are your thoughts on this first stanza? Well, I, I want to sort of back up if we can and let me give you a more literal rendering, unpoetic, of what she actually first wrote. It's hard to get it from one in language to another, right, and, and keep it in poetry. But this is what she originally said. Lord Christ, the only Son of God, of the Father who has eternally sprung out of his heart, made like us as we are. He is the morning star. His glory far excels all other stars. So, you know, Cantor Resch's article on this hymn, he, he points out that it all really drives toward that final bit. He is our morning star. And that, of course, indicates how Jesus identified himself. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. Our English translation celebrates that the only son from heaven was foretold by the prophets. Of course, that is the key contention of the entirety of the New Testament. This is the one long promised who alone fulfills every promise that God ever made. They're all yea and amen in him, as Paul says in Second Corinthians. But I think it's right to note that we sort of lost something in English when we lose that sprung from the Father's heart. Uh, as Resch notes, that really 
is a marvelous putting into German vernacular of the opening line of Corde Natus Ex Parentes, which we know as of the Father's love begotten ere the worlds began to be. In human form, that kind of language, that calls to mind Philippians 2, St. Paul's great hymn there, to the one who assumed the form of a servant, Morphe Dulu, and let go the form of God, Morphe Theu. Not that he let go his divine nature, but the form, the outward display of God, that he might take on the outward display of the servant. No sphere his light confining? I think that suggests something quite startling. The sphere, of course, refers to the bodies of the stars, like our sun, from which light shines forth. But the light that shines from Jesus, because he is light of light, begotten of the Father and not made, it's an uncreated light. That's what the disciples saw at Tabor in the Mount of the Transfiguration. It's what Saul saw on the way to, to Damascus, right? I mean, it's high noon in the desert. And he's like, and then I saw a bright light that was, you know, brighter than the sun, knocks him off his horse, the uncreated light. And, and light here is really light, even though it's uncreated. So you got a lot running in the background there from the scriptures. The Lord is my light and my salvation, Psalm 27, or Isaiah 60, rise, shine, your light has come. Even Isaiah 9, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Or Balaam's prophecy in Numbers 24 that a star is going to come out of Jacob. I mean, all that scripture is dancing together there. And Elizabeth Krusiger figured out a way to sort of knit it together in a wonderful way so that it all celebrates the light that is in Christ, our morning star. I, I wanted you to go a little bit more into that no sphere, his light confining that you mentioned a moment ago. It sounds like the hymn writer is saying here, although the fullness of deity dwelt bodily in him as Paul mm-hmm. remi- reminds us, his divinity is in no way whatsoever limited. This is kind of a Calvinist versus Lutheran question, limited by the finiteness of his humanity. Yeah, that, you know, I'm glad you brought up the the Calvinist thing there, because, I mean, the, the real point there is, is, <laughs> is, the you know they'll say the, the the finite is not capable of the infinite but the lutheran answer always was ah but the infinite is capable of the finite so inside of christ and unconfined by his humanity instead it's going to lift up his humanity exalt his humanity to the point of being able to share all the privileges of the godhead not that they become essentially the properties of the of the humanity but but they the humanity has communion with them and therefore benefits from them this is you know, I mean, if we can put it that way, that's at the heart of Lutheran Christology. It's one of the deepest articles, the Genus Maestaticum, and there it is put into very simple, beautiful prose language that a kid can sing and go, oh, oh I see. No sphere his light confining. Christ, our morning star. One of our fellow pastors posted something a week or so ago on social media that I found intriguing in that vein, Will. And they said, after his resurrection, Jesus kind of pops in and out. He appears and then he disappears for those 40 days in his appearing, Mm -hmm. in his resurrection. And he said, it's not because Jesus is somehow ephemeral or wispy or not there, but it's, he said, it's because after his resurrection, by comparison, this world is actually wispy and cloudy and ephemeral to Jesus. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. That that I mean, his he, he is he is always present. I mean, the, 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 all the divine attributes apply to his humanity through the union with, with of of the, uh, of the through the personal union. So yeah, I mean, he picture God outside of time, and it's all in front of him as one thing, right? It's all from beginning to end. Is there? That's where Jesus is in his humanity too, right now. He he literally he he enters into time and takes from time that human nature which he then exalts to to the the privileges of godhead it's amazing stanza two of the only son from heaven O time of god appointed O bright and holy morn he comes the king anointed the christ the virgin born grim death to vanquish for us to open heaven before us and bring us life again The second stanza of The Only Son from Heaven. Will, what's in this second stanza? Well, when he says the time of God appointed, or she says the time of God appointed, the appointed time certainly should bring into our minds Paul's lingo from Galatians 4.4, right? But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons, sort of the first statement there of what we would call the blessed exchange. So when that moment arrives that the one who has been born as a, you know, a, a, an earthly guest. Well, he's been an earthly guest from the conception in his mother's womb. He finally shows his face to his mother and Joseph and later the shepherds, and they all adore him. He steps out visibly. And even though he still looks so weak and so helpless, what does he come to do? He's come to be the king, the anointed one, the virgin born one who is the new David sent out to slay the Goliath of death itself. So you need to note the picture here of Christ's work. It is what we would classically call Christus Victor, right? This is the Christ who comes to align himself with the miseries of the human race in order to defeat our enemies and throw wide open the kingdom of heaven before us. This is Luther's favorite way of preaching the gospel. I mean, you see it in his great hymn, Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. And I think that it's not an accident that somebody in his close circle of friends really got this and found great, great, great joy in it. And that's what's ringing through this this hymn. And when it says that, that he came to open heaven before us, I can't help but hear again, as I said at the intro, words from the Te Deum. Remember how this went? Remember, she as a nun would have known the Te Deum by heart, right? Well, most Christians at the time did. 
When thou tookest upon thee to deliver a man, thou didst not spurn the virgin's womb. When thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. We therefore pray thee to help thy servants, whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. I think that her stanza there is almost a paraphrase of that very section of the Te Deum. Beautiful thing. And I think in this whole stanza, this idea of, of God so aligning with ascending Christ to be our, our Savior and Rescuer, the one who has come to defeat our real enemies, that's its real power. And of course, I can't help, I knew, I knew every time I think about talking to you, Todd, about this subject, I always think about our, 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 our little, little English carol that we both love. You know, the little child, so this little babe so few days old has come to rifle Satan's fold. That's the same picture she's painting here. The king, the anointed one who's come to kick some demonic butt. Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is our guest. We're studying the Epiphany hymn that millions of Christians will be singing this very Sunday, The Only Son from Heaven. I'm Todd Wilkin. In the latest issues, etc. journal, I've written an article called Lutheran Comfort. It's very simple. I just went through a list of things that, as a Lutheran, I find gives me great comfort. These things are not uniquely Lutheran, but they're all found there. Scripture, the sacraments, law and gospel, the catechism, the Book of Concord, the church's tradition, and the liturgy. You can read this article for yourself absolutely free. Go to our website, issuesetc.org. There's a red subscription button. All you got to do is click on that and enter your email address, and we'll send you the latest online issues, etc. journal. Also has a Wittenberg Trail feature from Peter Slayton, his journey from me for Jesus Christianity to Jesus for me Christianity. Issuesetc.org. Look for the red subscription button. On the other side of the break, there is a little line there in that second stanza, and bring us life again. We'll talk about it with Pastor Will Wheaton. If you appreciate Issues Etc., our 24-7 music and talk stations, and our daily verse-by-verse Bible study, The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, please include a bequest in your will or trust for these worldwide media resources. Bequests aren't subject to federal tax or capital gains taxes. Ensure your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren the opportunity to listen by including a bequest in your will or trust for Issues Etc., Lutheran Public Radio, and the word of the Lord endures forever. Does this sound like your church budget process at the end of the year? You get last year's budget and go through with a committee line by line, maybe what we should spend next year. Maybe you have a prayer. But where's the word of God in this process? When do the people hear what the small catechism says about giving and why we do it? Contact us at LCMS Stewardship so that we can help you fix this process, put the word of God first, and put your congregation on a good fitting. lcms.org slash stewardship. At Hope Lutheran Church in Sunbury, Ohio, you will find rest for your soul, strength for the day, forgiveness of sins, and hope for the future through Jesus Christ. Because at Hope, you'll hear the Word of God faithfully taught and receive the sacrament faithfully delivered. This is Pastor Ben Meyer inviting you to join us at Hope for Bible class and Sunday school at 9.15 a.m., 
and the Divine Service at 8 and 10.30 a.m. Find us on the web at hopelutheransunbury.org. Memoria Press is a family-run publisher of classical Christian education materials for homeschools and private schools. Every page of the Memoria Press curriculum leads students to a mastery of content, an understanding of the classical heritage of the Christian West, and an appreciation of truth, goodness, and beauty. If you're interested in learning more, visit memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR23. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. memoriapress.com The faith, once for all, delivered to the saints. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Bethel Lutheran, Ballinger, Texas. Emmanuel Lutheran, Arcadia, Indiana. Grace Lutheran, Elgin, Texas. Emmanuel Lutheran, Appleton, Minnesota. Mount Calvary Lutheran, Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Peace Lutheran, Chehalis, Washington. Resurrection Lutheran, Fredericksburg, Texas. St. John Lutheran, Strongsville, Ohio. St. Peter Lutheran, Dorchester, Wisconsin. Village Lutheran, St. Louis, Missouri. And Good Shepherd Lutheran, Roanoke, Virginia. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. On this Monday, January the 11th, we're studying the Epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven, with Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Will, that line there at the end of the second stanza and bring us life again, if you would talk about how he doesn't just restore our old lives back to us, but by the resurrection, Jesus gives us his life. Yeah, and I think the key to life in the Bible is always recognizing life in the eyes of God is communion with the God who is the God of life. Take away communion with the God of life and whatever else you have, it's not really life. That's just, uh, you know, it's it's handy that the Greek has those two terms, right? Bios and zoe, right? We, we use zoe to describe the life that is in God, the life that is real life. And, and bios to describe, you know, your you're breathing, you're walking around, but are you really alive? Are are you connected to him who is life? Well, the ultimate connection to him who is life is the resurrection of the dead, which Christ himself proclaims himself to be. I am the resurrection and the life, which he promises he will give to us already now in this age, but will fulfill in us at the day of his return. Here is stanza three of the Epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. O Lord, our hearts awaken to know and love you more, in faith to stand unshaken, in spirit to adore, that we, through this world moving, each glimpse of heaven proving, may reap its fullness there. Oh 
Will, if this were a collect, this would kind of be that section of those short prayers where we say, therefore, and we ask for something. What are we asking for here in this stanza? That is a really great question because, well, let me back up just just one, one little step. This stanza that is indeed asking for the thing is actually a condensation of what was originally there. So this is the poet's, the, the, the translator of the poet, when this first came out in Worship Supplement in 1969, the translator actually condensed three stanzas into one to just give us the, you know, what we just heard. And he did a beautiful job. And we're going to, I want to go through that, but I'd like for us to first hear what Elizabeth actually wrote for the three stanzas. They run like this. And just like you pointed out, here's the prayer. Let us increase in your love and knowledge that we remain in the faith, serving you in spirit, that we may taste here your sweetness in our hearts and continually thirst after you. Creator of all things, fatherly power, you rule mightily of your own authority from end to end. Incline our hearts to you and cleanse our senses that they may not stray from you. Kill us through your kindness. Awaken us through your mercy. Make the old man weak so that the new might live. And here on this earth, direct my mind and thoughts and every desire to you. I mean, okay, that's a lot of petition in there, or supplication in there. It's beautiful, and it absolutely asks for for really great stuff for us all, and certainly um, the the poet's praying for herself too. Now, if we move to the translation that we have and the way that it sort of condenses it, it, it's very concise. Oh, Lord, our hearts awaken to know and love you more in faith to stand unshaken in spirit to adore that we through this world moving each glimpse of heaven proving may reap its fullness there. Notice first that God has to awaken our hearts if they're going to increase in their knowledge and love of the Lord. Shades of Lydia there in Acts 16 and how the Lord opened her heart to listen and believe the good news that Paul and Silas proclaimed. In 1524, Luther hadn't yet written Bondage of the Will, but he was still teaching very clearly that humans do not have this capacity in themselves to actually do this, but God has to give this by his grace. The result of this opened heart that grows in knowledge and love of the Lord is faith, faith that stands unshaken. And if faith is standing unshaken, the inner spirit is, you know, face planting before the Lord, adoring. Faith relies on the word, on the promises of God. It finds those promises to be like an unmoving rock and foundation. I, I can't help but think of Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O Lord. Listen to my prayer from the ends of the earth. I cry to you when my spirit is faint. Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been a refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. His promises make him that strong tower, that mighty rock of refuge for us. And above all, the promise, like you have in Romans 8, 28, and boy, do we need to underline this in our day. All things, all things, underline that all, all things work together for the good of those who love him. 
even and especially the trials and hardships that come, even the crazy stuff we've been living through in this past COVID tide year and all the weird stuff this this week. When you live in the joy of Romans eight twenty eight, and you know that you live in the unshakable love of God through Jesus Christ, then everything it becomes opportunity for worship. You get to join old Job in saying, hey, the Lord gave, the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Adoration of the one who promises that through it all, he will bring us from the heartache and the suffering of this age into his joyous kingdom. So we learn to literally live toward that end. We seek to live already in this age the unending life of the kingdom of God, which is what makes the church at once be so, so threatening and scary to the world, and yet also so very compelling. As I like to put it, they smell the odor of resurrection on us. Now, people who know where we're headed, how the book ends, how life wraps up, and that it is all life and love from God, all that we've already known by faith in Christ, That's the future we're running towards. And on that day, everybody's going to see it. Everybody's going to know it. Everybody's going to experience it. It says each glimpse of heaven proving. What are those glimpses of heaven as we move through this life, a la this stanza? I think above all, the glimpses of heaven that God gives us are whenever we experience pure, unselfish love, which, you know, he gives us many experiences of, from little things from a parent to a child to a neighbor helping out out of the blue. Go, go down the line, all the little tastes of love that God scatters across our lives. Each one of those is a teasing taste of heaven. And God's saying in each one, oh, you think that's something? Just wait till you experience the thing. Like you're, 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 you're drinking from a little, you know, a, a faucet that's, that, that's dripping out some very sweet, wonderful water. He's like, wait till I put the fire hose on you. <laughs> you know, it's going to be awesome. Would we include also glimpses of heaven, although it's got to be more than glimpses? the preaching of the word, the the reception of the sacraments, those are more than just a little glimmer. Well, I mean, I think those are the, 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 if there's a fire hose in this world, those are the fire hose aiming the love of God at us. I think the difference though, is that those are experiences of God's love that we can't, I mean, we, we believe rather than we, we base on how we experience them. Right. So, I mean, I can go to communion on a given day, and as I receive the Lord's body and blood, I truly believe that what he says is so and that this is his love for me. But I may not feel that love inside on that day. I may just be feeling like I think God hates me. (laughs) Sometimes you have those feelings, right? And so we learn to base it on what God says, not how we feel. But I think that the way that Elizabeth describes it in this stanza, it sounds to me like we're talking more about the experiences that you go, yeah, that really was a little foretaste of, of heaven itself. Just a beautiful, beautiful thing pulling us further into the future that God's planned for us. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. We're studying the Epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. When we come back, we'll be looking at this stanza, stanza four. O Father, here before you with God the Holy Ghost, and Jesus, we adore you, O pride of angel host. Before you mortals lowly cry, holy, 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 O blessed Trinity. 
This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig still further into St. Luke's Gospel with Boy with an Unclean Spirit. Who is the greatest? Samaritans reject Jesus, the cost of following Christ, and sending of the 72. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Since 1973, pro-life advocates have been gathering annually in Washington, D.C. to march for unborn life. And since the overturning of Roe v. Wade last year, this movement has taken on new direction and new focus. To learn more, pick up your copy of the January issue of The Lutheran Witness, titled Life After Roe, and learn more about what the pro-life movement is now doing to stand up for life. Visit cph.org witness or witness.lsms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, helping you interpret the world from a Lutheran perspective. Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the President and Vice Presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February 28th of 2023. Learn more at issuesetc.org 2023 nominations. Issuesetc.org slash 2023 nominations. Metro East Lutheran High School in Edwardsville, Illinois, is looking for an English teacher with a master's degree for the 2023-24 school year. Edwardsville is 30 minutes from downtown St. Louis. The position would involve teaching upper-level, dual-credit English classes. For more information, send an email to Principal Jay Krause, J-A-Y-K-R-A-U-S-E, at melhs.org, jkrause at melhs.org. Christological, creedal, confessional. You're listening to Issues Etc. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Dr. Russell Dawn, president of Concordia University, Chicago. Indeed, the quest for truth is at the core of a university's purpose. The liberal arts, illuminated by the revealed truths of Scripture, are powerful for equipping students for a life of self-governance. A disciple is one who follows the Master. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? He said that it means to take up one's cross. The cross is thus the symbol of dying for others of dying to self for the sake of serving others. And a life of service is a life well-lived. Truth, Freedom, Vocation, Concordia University, Chicago, cuchicago.edu.
final stanza of the Epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. We're studying this hymn with Pastor Will Whedon. He's assistant pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois, formerly served as director of worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, author of the books Celebrating the Saints, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, and See My Savior's Hands. And he hosts the 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. So, Will, what are your thoughts on this final stanza of The Only Son from Heaven? Well, first off, we have to note, we don't know where this stanza, I mean, the stanza appears for the first time in Lutheran Book of Worship in 1970, was that 78, I think? So we're not sure who actually wrote it. They just sort of stuck it onto her stanza. This is not originally Elizabeth's piece, but wow, what a great doxology. I mean, it's it's just really super, and I'm glad that they kept it. It 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 literally pulls us because this is where life ends up. Life ends up in doxology. It's why so many of our hymns carry us down that exact same stream. Did you notice something unusual though in the in, in, in the in the in the way it's laid out? It's Father, Holy Ghost, and Jesus. I mean, yeah, right. So that, that should you know. Sometimes people scratch their heads over that. It's like, wait a minute, they're in the wrong order, aren't they? Well. St. Basil, very famously in his wonderful little treatise on the Holy Spirit, he said that when God gave us the doctrine of the Trinity, he did not make the numbers part of the gift. <laughs> By that, he meant we're used to saying first person, second person, third person. We, we do that and keep them in, in our minds straight. It's the way the creed actually does list them out. So it makes sense to go first, second, third. But he points out that's actually not something divinely revealed. And so... I love the fact that that whoever the poet of this stanza was, they just ignored that, and uh, and they went with Father and Holy Ghost first. And I think the the big thing is neither Father nor Holy Ghost have flesh and blood, right? But it's the Son, it's Jesus, who this the eternal Son who takes on our flesh. So between us and if I can put it this way, the the unincarnate God, right? Between us and the incarnate God, there stands the incarnate God. That is Jesus. And so he's the one that that, that that we join to there. Beautiful that it says, O pride of angel hosts, the pride of the angels. That's what just a happy line. You know, the Trinity is the absolute joy of the holy angels. And and he's their very boast. They don't have anything to boast about except for the one who made them and before whom they raised their unending Trisagion, their thrice holy hymn, Sanctus, holy, holy, holy. And long, long has the church heard in the three holies a confession of Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Ghost. There is a beautiful version of the Sanctus that Lochner supplies in his book, The Chief Divine Service, really great, great book that Matt Carver recently Englished for us. It makes this explicit. It's the fourth option for the Sanctus. Holy is God the Father. Holy is God the Son. Holy is God the Holy Ghost. He is the Lord of Sabaoth. All the world is full of his glory from the Braunschweig Wolfenbüttel Order of 1543. Notice, though, it's not angels who are spoken of here as carrying the, 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 the joy of the Sanctus forward. We know they do it, but the whole point is that we get to join in the song of the angels before you mortals 
lowly. Us, we get to join the angels in crying out, holy, 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 oh, blessed Trinity. That's what Jesus' work has done for us. It's made us to be the companions of the angels. You see it in Revelation chapters four and five, right? I mean, it starts out with just the angels singing there, holy, 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 but then it gradually sweeps bigger and bigger because of the lamb who was slain. And all of a sudden, all of creation gets to join in raising the, the praise to God. And I think it's so fitting that they added this doxology and then ended it the way that they do because it is precisely to bring us that holiness of the Trinity, that mm-hmm. thrice holiness, as holy as holy can get in Hebrew grammar. Mm-hmm. It's precisely to bring us God's own holiness that the only Son came from heaven. Right. He came from heaven to bring that light to us, I mean, and to let us share in it. I mean, the truth of the matter is, there's never been any other life in all the world except for the holiness of God. But because of our sin, it was death to us, right? So the sun comes down into human flesh in order to make that holiness accessible to us so that it can be to us the advent of life and joy. And that's what it is in this in this particular hymn. Let's hear the entire Epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. Be 
Not the Epiphany hymn, The Only Son from Heaven. Pastor Whedon, what are your final thoughts on this hymn? Well, the hymn is, as we said, for Epiphany 2, which is always the story of the wedding feast at Cana of Galilee, where it wraps up with, and Jesus manifested his glory and the disciples believed in him. So it's sung to Christ who shows up. Remember we said at the beginning that the, the, the difference between Epiphany and Christmas is at Christmas, it's God who shows up as man, but in Epiphany, it is the revelation of that man to be true God. When he does the miracle at Cana and by his very word to the servants, has the water changed into wine? And... And not just any wine, but the very best wine that was ever served that day. And, and, and everybody is astounded. The disciples realize, who can do this? Who can do this? This has to be God in the flesh. And that's what this hymn celebrates. God himself has shown up in human flesh. Pastor Will Whedon is assistant pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Hamill, Illinois. He formerly served as director of worship for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. He's author of the books, Celebrating the Saints, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, and See My Savior's Hands. And he hosts a daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study produced by Lutheran Public Radio called The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Well, thank you. Hey, thank you so much, Todd. Folks, I highly recommend that you listen to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Pastor Whedon is teaching this week on unity in the body of Christ and the new life in Ephesians chapter 4. Listen at your convenience at thewordendures.org or on your favorite podcast provider. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. Tuesday on Issues Etc., we'll discuss what we can learn from the Benedict Option. Our guest will be Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy. And we'll have Pastor Tom Baker lead us in a Sunday school lesson on Jesus healing 10 lepers in Luke chapter 17. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. You're invited to a special life service Sunday afternoon at 3 on January 22nd at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Columbia, Illinois. Pastor Michael Salamink, Executive Director of Lutherans for Life, will be the guest preacher. What does Jesus have to do with life issues? Find out at a life service Sunday afternoon at 3, January 22nd at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Columbia, Illinois. Learn more at sidadvocatesforlife.com. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Collinsville, Illinois is happy to support the Christ-centered, cross-focused ministry of Issues Etc. Join us for worship, Bible classes, youth ministry, and other opportunities to grow in Christ. We have a Christian day school for children in preschool to 8th grade. We are located at 1300 Beltline Road. Call us at 618-344-3151 or visit www.goodshepherdcollinsville.org. College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois offers ACT, SAT, and PSAT test prep, scholarship application classes, 
college and career counseling, and more. Hi, this is Lori Konsky, president of College Preparation Station. We have helped our students obtain more than $7 million in tuition scholarships in 12 years. Find out more at cpsprep.com. Let us help you create a vision and find your future. The College Preparation Station in Maryville, Illinois, cpsprep.com. Lutheran Talk. The cause of our salvation doesn't lie within us, but instead it lies outside of us, namely in the mercy of our God who sends his Son to live and die and rise again for us. Lutheran Music. Listen anytime, anywhere with the Lutheran Public Radio mobile app. Download for iPhone, Android, and Kindle at issuesetc.org. I am beautiful because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am accepted because I'm a part of his family through Jesus' shed blood. Unity Lutheran School in East St. Louis, Illinois, shines the light of Christ in one of the most impoverished cities in America. Learn how to support their mission work at unityesl.org. Unityesl.org. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I say yes to God in His way.